Did you ever like any of that shit? Any any sort of hair, Motley Crue, no, any of those no, Guns and Roses poison. even. I like I know Guns, Guns and Roses. Roses was meant to be kind of the antidote to that. Sort I liked of them when I was younger. God, uh, I fucking never. I always hated that shit. Uh, when I was younger, I found yeah. them fun. But as far as glam goes, that, have you seen that Motley Crue documentary that's on? No, sorry, not documentary, a movie, mm-hmm. uh, biopic. I've heard about it called The Dirt. I think it's on Netflix, directed by Jeff Tremaine. Who directed Jackass? You know all the oh, Jackass okay. stuff. All right. Um, it's fucking awful. It is really, really fuck awful. Uh, I mean, it's first start is as generic a music biopic as you like. I mean, it's it's fucking gash. But they have this scene with Ozzy Osbourne in it. I guess at some point they were on tour with Ozzy Osbourne's band in the eighties. So Ozzy Osbourne turns up. Um, it took me a while to realize that's who it was until they someone tells you basically that's Ozzy yeah. Osbourne of the band Black Sabbath and now touring as Ozzy Osbourne because <laughs> it was such an unconvincing portrayal. Yeah, <laughs> and he comes out. He's in one scene. He comes out. They're all sitting by the pool at some hotel. He comes out and does in the space of about two minutes every single famous Ozzy Osbourne anecdote happens within that. Two minutes. The, he snorts fire ants. He, he yeah. piss off. The, like <laughs> within two minutes, he bites the head off a bat in front uh, of him. I, I would not have been surprised if they tried to get that in too, but they couldn't make it work. It's absolutely ridiculous because it's you know, first of all, it's unprompted. Yeah, of course. If you didn't know that that was Ozzy Osbourne and you didn't know those stories yeah. about him and you saw that scene in a movie, you'd be like. Yeah. What the fuck, Who the fuck is, is this guy supposed well, also, to be? Also, why has anyone written this scene where this guy right. turns up and in quick succession does three or four completely outlandish things? Yeah. It, it's and they like, make it sound like it all happened around Motley Crue, which as far as I know, it didn't. These are stories that are spread out over yeah. many, many years and probably aren't even true anyway. Right. You know. Well, that sounds like it's like fucking that Woody Allen movie, that fucking Midnight in Paris where fucking oh, Owen yeah. Wilson goes back in time and just all these <laughs> actors are like, oh, I'm I'm actually right in the middle of writing my manuscript yeah, of this right, new right, book right. called right. The Sun Also Rises. You right. know, like shit like that. But they're all telling him. Would, um, yeah. In that movie, Owen Wilson's pretty much an avatar for Woody, uh, yeah, Woody Allen. Yeah. yeah, And they're all telling him instantly. They read like a, a line of his book and they're like, wow, you're just like us. Like Ernest yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. Ernest Hemingway and fucking, uh, what's it, Gertrude Stein, people like that. Well, yeah, Gertrude yeah, they're Stein. All, they're all you are, you are yeah. just amazing. You're just like us. Well, the other thing that's Terrible funny is like the movie. idea that those those expatriates were like the only people in France at the time. Yeah, you know right. I mean? like you could just walk into any club and there they all <laughs> they were all just hanging out, hanging out. So speaking of biopics, where they have moments like that midnight in Paris, where everyone's yeah. just around, they happen to be doing their most impressive uh, work, right? Yeah. So there's this <laughs> this movie called Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll just wait till you get back. <laughs> I know, but like, well, no, it's just going to be me talking for 20 seconds with no reaction. Learn to be a professional, bro. You got to pretend. No, when I've just started a story that requires reaction. So, yeah, speaking of. uh... Sorry. (laughs) Leave all this in. (laughs) All right, go ahead. But, yeah, speaking of biopics where. So speaking, <laughs> see, I can't do it now. Speaking but anyway, of biopics, yeah, right. yeah, those movies where at at the right place at the right time, someone happens to be doing the All thing they're hits. most known for, yeah. yeah. And then Bohemian Rhapsody, that Queen movie, comes out last year, and 
Oh, fuck yes. It's pretty much just a succession of that happening. Golden Globe Best Picture winner. Uh, Golden Globe Best Picture winner, Academy (laughs) nominated for a bunch of things. Fucking crap. Have you seen it? Uh, Still haven't seen it? No, I missed it, I'm afraid. Oh, my Lord. It was one of the worst movies, let alone biopics. It's one of the worst films I've seen. It's (laughs) fucking bad. And... But yeah, it has all these moments where they're sitting around going, guys, we need to write another famous song. Wait, John, what's that iconic bass line you're playing right there? Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know. It's something like this. <laughs> and then Freddie's like, that's great. He's reading the paper and it's like, huh, another one bites the dust to AIDS. <laughs> yeah. like, Is that real? Wait, that sounds like a great line. Shut up. Is that fucking real? Close enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, are they trying to purport that another one bites the dust was about AIDS? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but they, they, they do retrofit uh, a couple of songs to make them sound like it's about yeah. his awareness of AIDS. I think they have, um, uh, what's it called? Who Wants to Live Forever? And they try and make that sound like it's about Freddie having realized he's got AIDS and hasn't got long to live. But actually, it's the real story is about Brian May really liked Highlander. Fuck yes. So I wrote this. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of movie we're dealing with, though. It's also a movie that has Freddie Mercury uh, discover he has AIDS about three or four years before he did in uh-huh. real life because they want to make it seem like the Live Aid, you know, the iconic Live Aid performance was about him kind of performing strong in the face of his AIDS that he's got. So Wait, what the fuck? They I know. Just, that's a huge it's, detail it's to change. Really in a, it's really offensive, I think. Yeah, that's they, horrible. They, also, they make it seem like he only told his bandmates, which also wasn't true. He didn't tell them until about a year before he died, as far as I understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he actually, they made it seem like he broke up. I mean, here's the thing. They make it seem like Freddie Mercury, because it's a movie and it's a biopic, and it's a music biopic. So you have a, the obligatory scene where he gets too uh, coked out, too much of a partier, uh, and he's all gay and shit. So he's going yeah. around being all gay with people, which you don't really see. It's, it's always kind of implied because they yeah. wanted to keep it PG-13. So they imply that he's being a big bender all around Europe and New York and Germany and stuff. And then he comes back, you know, he, he has his realization, he hits rock bottom, and then you've got AIDS now too. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like you broke up the band so you could go solo and party, which, by the way, never happened. Like The band never broke up. Wait, really? No, they never broke up. So they, this movie is, like, fictional. It's almost entirely fictional. That's oh what God. I'm really surprised about. It's almost entirely fictional. So even if it's a shit movie, it isn't even useful as, a, um, as like, a kind of rundown of the basic Queen facts, which yeah. a lot of biopics are. It's just like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Not this one. It's not even accurate at all. Well, and what's extra funny about that is like it's not like all these motherfuckers are dead. Brian May, Brian May, and Roger is Taylor walking around looking like a fucking barrister with that hair at every award yeah. show. Well, Brian yeah. May and Roger Taylor wrote basically wrote this movie. They oversaw this movie from uh, start to finish. That's even weirder. So what? It, well, here's the weird thing about it. Like, first of all, they have way, way too much prominence in this movie. They're constantly in it, and they're constantly reminding you that if an iconic song gets written. They're reminding you that they wrote it. They're telling the audience, you know that one that you liked? Actually, I wrote that. You know, it, it seems very bitter against Freddie Mercury and like how yeah. much he's been lionized and he's practically the face of Queen, right? And I think they don't like that and they're trying to get the credit for 
their credit where it's due or whatever, which seems kind of petty. But also, they're treating Freddie Mercury, the character, they're treating his legacy pretty badly in this movie because they're lying about him for a start. They're making it seem like he's way more of an idiot and a fucking screw up than he than he was, and they're making it seem like he destroyed the band and. Then he comes begging to them. There's a scene where he comes begging to them, saying, like, "I know, I know, I've done wrong, but <laughs> please, Fuck can we yeah. get back together?" Which never happened. Yeah, they were on tour. Yeah. They make it seem like they got back together for Live Aid, which is not true. They were on tour just before Live Aid. Like they they got back and then did Live Aid like a few weeks later. It awesome. is fucking insane. But then the main first of all, right? Rami Malek won the Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury in that mm-hmm. movie. It's a really, really bad portrayal of Freddie Mercury. It doesn't look anything like him for a start. That's the one thing. I think they had something like a $60 million budget for this movie, but they have like the most joke shop kind of wig and prosthetics. <laughs> the for him. teeth are incredible. Yeah, he has his teeth, which like Freddie Mercury had unusual teeth. That's true. But you look at, you just need to look at a picture of Freddie Mercury and then look at a picture of Rami Malek's weird fucking face. He wasn't constantly with an overbite just like, Looking like a fucking maniac. Like no, he had a bit of an yeah. overbite. It was yeah. a bit. It was a bit odd looking for sure. But he didn't have like first of all, it's Rami Malek's eyes are the weird thing in that movie though. That his actual eyes are these big weird alien eyes that make him look fine for Mister Robot or something where he's meant to be a kind of nebbish, you know. Mm-hmm. But Freddie Mercury was pretty charismatic and pretty attractive in his own way, and he had small eyes. Mm. But so that's one thing. So Rami Malek got all the praise for that. Really, the guy who plays Brian May in that movie deserves the most credit because he nails Brian May. For some reason, this some young actor, some young British actor who no one knows, absolutely nailed Brian May, which I know it's not impressive enough to get Oscars or anything because... No one knows what Brian May is like. Well, no, I think the thing is that they do, but he's so boring that it's not... (laughs) The fact that this guy nailed it Mm-hmm. means that, yeah, he played a very boring person, but he absolutely nailed it. And that, to me, is more impressive than someone as big as Freddie Mercury was because he's got more range, you know, there's more to play with there. But nailing someone that fucking boring is really impressive, and I think he deserves more credit for that. Well, the but, most incredible thing about the legacy of that movie is Brian May and what's-his-name, Roger Taylor, uh-huh. trying to be like, well, yeah, obviously Freddie Mercury dies in the movie halfway through. Well, and then it keeps going. Well, okay, so that's what Sasha Baron Co- Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to the movie. Wait, that's not true. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. So Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to the movie for years, developing it with Brian May and Roger Taylor, and then he leaves at some point. He comes back and then he leaves again. And what he told Howard Stern, I think, was the um, yeah they'd. They'd said, you know, this story is uh, this story is really amazing because it's not many stories where, you know, the the singer dies in the middle, and he goes, well, and apparently they wanted it to have Freddie Mercury dying yeah. in the middle, and then the rest showing what they've done since, which, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know anything about what Queen have done since, it is you're being, just like everyone else, <laughs> is exactly, well, yeah, exactly, but it's embarrassing what they're doing now like they've got adam lambert from american idol singing for them yeah they do these dreadful i think they've got a hologram tour coming up with freddie mercury oh my god you know every possible lame thing there was this bit where not a bit in the movie but there was a bit in real life where brian may did some kind of like guitar performance on top of buckingham palace you know i mean it's just awful 
It's really, really cringy. They were nothing without him. Like, they were decent songwriters. They each have, as they all fully let you know in that movie, they each had their input. But no, that band died with with their front. Well, man, but you know? wait, has something come out against what Sasha Baron Cohen said in that interview? Yeah, Brian May came out and was like, "That's not true," and Sasha Baron Cohen was never really attached. Oh, Which shit? Well, that's not. That's true manifestly either. untrue. Yeah, we like, all knew that. Yeah, and they certainly, for the six years preceding or whatever, when he was talking about it publicly being attached, they didn't contradict that yeah but then i think the producer i think the producer is queen's actual manager one of them is called jim beach and he uh he said oh sasha baron cohen was never attached because you know we could never see a uh we could never see a white man play freddy what yeah was freddy not white he was born in zanzibar so he's like indian essentially okay zanzibar is in africa i think but his real name is like farouk basur or something like that Oh, okay and um but Freddie looked white. and sounded pretty, like, English and white, you yeah. know. And Sasha Baron Cohen is, I think, pretty strongly Israeli. I think he's got a, yeah. a pretty recent Israeli past. Rami Malek, I- Egyptian somewhere, you know. Yeah. But, it's, you know, what difference is... Who looks more like him? It's not... Right. You know, I would say Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen, Cohen looks, looks a lot far more, more like, like Freddie him. Mercury than fucking... Yeah. And he can sing. We know he can sing from Les Mis. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Rami Malek can't sing. So yeah. every time you see Freddie Mercury singing in the movie, it's like the studio version. They've taken the stems from the studio version of his songs, mm-hmm. and you're just hearing that. So you can, if you know the songs well enough, and you see you know, Rami Malek figuring out something on the piano, and you're hearing the finished studio vocal <laughs> that you recognize. It's like, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, like, I, I just, everything about the movie just seems like, just like a, like, completely seems soulless. Like yeah. Well, it just seems like a soulless AIDS. product of, like, just kind of studios making a movie with no real actual sort of creative vision whatsoever you know what i mean like the, even like even right down to like oh well no sasha would never play because we could never see a white man that's like feels like such a pr statement yeah. like that's such a slick fucking go back yeah, at sasha I know, I, yeah because now anyone who's dumb enough to care is <laughs> like oh wait a second sasha was trying to commit erasure and that's why he's really mad because they they yeah. foiled him <laughs> you know what I mean? that didn't work because they got in yeah. trouble they got kind of canceled uh, Bohemian Rhapsody got uh, cancelled pretty early on. Yeah, because they released this trailer, which made it look like Freddie Mercury was in a uh, in a straight relationship. Was he not? He was. I he was. He was, but it was a. Uh, it's this woman who I think he still claims is. Well, still he's dead. But when he died, he claimed was the love of his life. Is this woman? Well, yeah. Uh, I forget her name now. But didn't he leave her everything too? He left her more or less everything. Yeah. Mo- well, uh, including his the majority cats. The majority of yeah. what he left to her, and um, yeah, he was in a relationship. I think they were engaged, and then they got, uh, you know, he realized he was mostly gay, yeah, and it didn't really last. But in the trailer, I guess they didn't show much of him being super gay, so people were like, "Oh, it's uh, it's uh, bi erasure or something like that," mm-hmm. yeah, or gay erasure or whatever. I think it was bi erasure. Yeah. Getting now the thing is, that, yeah. yeah, at the time I was like, "Well, you don't know what they're gonna show in the movie." why i don't think it's necessary to show him because i mean he was a fucking dirty bastard do you know that oh i heard a story about how he would he would be performing and then he'd go off side stage uh-huh. and he'd have like three dudes just waiting there to suck him off is that true i swear to god i've heard yeah, this. It wouldn't surprise I, me I, my if... stepdad told me that he read it in a book about him 
And he would just have like three dudes, just kind of like groupies, just waiting there. And like literally in like the break between the set and the encore, he would go off, like go right off stage, right? Get sucked by like three guys and then like pop back on stage. I don't know about that. I haven't heard that particular could be one. a total lie. But, I mean, a lot of yeah. here's the thing. A it lot could of, be right up there with Ozzy Osbourne snorting fire ants. Here's the thing. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them could be lies. But uh, the one of the most notorious stories about him is that he was um, aggressively fucking a, a boy prostitute in Thailand, in a, in some kind of brothel there, and fucked him so hard that his rectum prolapsed. Oh my god! And instead of reacting with appropriate horror he apparently shouted down and said get me a new one this one's broken oh my god <laughs> That's yeah a hero for our times but right there are a lot there, of stories yeah. like that and there are so you know you'd apparently have uh, dwarves with trays of cocaine on their heads at his parties yeah, you yeah. throw he legendary was, parties he was a, a, a he was a he was a lothario that's the yeah. that's a good word good old-fashioned lover boy is what he, he was, was a hedonist he was a libertine yeah, kind yeah, of. He yeah. was a libertine. He was like the modern day fucking the guy that the libertine is based on. Right, John Rochester. There you go. Yeah. John Wilmot, technically. Uh, yeah, so you lose all of that in the movie because they wanted to make it. Obviously, they wanted a movie that would make a ton of money and everyone could watch. So they turned it into a PG thirteen movie. And honestly, I'm not even sure why it's PG. Uh, well, I guess it's got a couple of slide drug references. It's got. This, it's written by the fucking guy who wrote the theory of everything and oh. some other but like, it's, it's this, this guy, guy specializes he in specializes like in biopics. shitty biopics yeah. that aren't true because yeah. the, the theory of everything is the same way you look it up you watch it and you go that seems awfully like contrived and then you look it up and it's like, oh yeah half of it's not even true uh i mean the end of the theory of everything where they're making it seem like stephen hawking's kind of got a case for god Despite being a <laughs> avowed really? atheist till his I death, never saw it. Have you not seen them? Fuck oh no, I can't so, watch shit like that. Well, first of all, it's based on his wife's story, his first wife, I think, the one he cheated on, the one he cheated on, with yeah, his nurse, yeah, of his nurse, and then his nurse like beat him up or whatever. But you don't see any of that yeah. in the in the movie. You see, so it's from his wife's perspective. So first of all, it's weird to have a biopic about a person who's still alive and a person who. Is prolific at writing. Yeah, who was anyway? Went could have contributed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure he signed off on it as much as he fucking could from his little yeah chair, and he was pretty old by this point. But it's from everything I know about Stephen Hawking, and I've seen Stephen Hawking live in concert. Doing what? <laughs> giving a lecture in Cambridge. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that was fucking funny, by the way. Like, oh come on! <laughs> look, it just was. Stephen Hawking had a good sense of humor about his own situation. I'll give him that. What so, did he say? Well, about his own situation? Yeah, they have like a tight tone. He's, he's always making little jokes yeah. about it. He said the, I, I think one of the, he said like one of his biggest regrets is that he met Margaret Thatcher and he didn't run over her foot or something like that. Like That's funny. He's got a few little zingers, you know, but, um, and he had zingers in this lecture too. But he, you know, we're all there. It's so, like me and some friends, we got free tickets because we were in Cambridge. We were at a school there and we're all there. And the person goes, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Hawking. Everyone stands up, applauds. He wheels out. He wheels into the middle. The applause comes to a natural die down. And then it's just silence. Pure silence. Was and then you hear beep, 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 beep. Wait, what? 
beep. And the, the this girl I was with at the time went to me and she went, is, is he texting? Like, what's he, what's going uh-huh. on? And it turns out he right, he doesn't just have a button that he presses play on for his lectures. He, he does them live. T- he does it live, which is fucking weird because, yeah, you end up with... It's got to take him a little bit, right? It takes a... V- not a little bit. He probably got about ten minutes of actual dialogue out in that in that. Shut the live fuck up. Yeah, because you're in between each kind of little paragraph. You're waiting for about fifteen seconds, fifteen twenty seconds, while he goes beep, beep. So it was really weird. Oh my god. Yeah, but he did make a couple of jokes. He he, he had a zinger about black holes, uh, which I uh, it was kind of like an asshole joke. Oh okay. That's yeah, funny. it was like the only difference between a black hole and such and such is that. A black hole has no hair. And everyone, like... That's the thing. Everyone yeah. was kind of holding... I think holding in laughter a little bit because yeah. it was such an unusual... <laughs> they weren't sure if they, they were, were supposed to laugh. Si- well, we were all sitting, watching this, this like, kind of odd-looking sight. This guy in the wheelchair being like this. And uh, I think people were trying not to laugh because it was funny. <laughs> right. While he's beeping away, you know, yeah. we were sitting there in silence, people are coughing, <laughs> Like that. Right. And then when he does drop a singer, all that laughter comes out. It's like, <laughs> it's all pent up, pent up uh, piss taking comes out yeah. in an acceptable way. He was a funny guy. Did you ever see him when he was on Howard Stern? <laughs> no. Yeah. He was on Howard Stern. Yeah, he got a lap dance from Beetlejuice. No. What are no, you I'm fucking around. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> anyway. People did used to go on Stern. All sorts of people used to go on there. You gonna talk about Howard Stern now? No, we're not gonna talk about Howard Stern. <laughs> but yeah, but back to the theory of everything, though. Yeah, essentially, is from his his wife's religious. His first wife was religious, and at the very end of it, even though he's been an avowed atheist throughout the entire film, he does at the end say something like, "Well, you know, I found love, and there's no explaining that with science, and therefore maybe there is a god or something like that." He's Hell doing this yeah, speech, that's true. Like, that's fucking unbelievably. It's possible that he may have said something like that, though, because I remember uh, no record of it. I looked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely made up. Because I remember Terry Pratchett sort of started saying stuff like that when he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Well, yeah, because he was fucking going mental. He was getting <laughs> he was no. It was like right up. when he got the diagnosis, right, like, right. and it was like he was, you know, getting, you know, when you get basically a a terminal diagnosis, yeah. you start getting all fucking reflective. And he was he wrote something where he was like, Oh, you know, I went out and I you know, walked in the woods. He doesn't sound like that. You're, you're I, have no idea Moore, he, yeah. I have no idea what he talks like. <laughs> he had a weird lisp. He was uh, Oh, okay. What's he sound like? Give me a give me a Terry Pratchett. Uh, it's kinda of hard. He had a he had a kind of high voice and, and like a little lisp like Really? Uh, His titles all the way down. Yeah, he, he would talk. <laughs> About magic and stuff. Oh, God. I hate that guy. I fucking hate Terry Pratchett. But he was great with the euthanasia stuff. He did a lot of good. What the hell are you talking about? I didn't know anything about this. Terry Pratchett. He, when he Big got, euthanasia? Like when he got death diag- of dignity advocate? When he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was a huge campaign. That's pretty much what he spent his the rest of his life doing, was campaigning for euthanasia rights in the UK. Is he dead now? Yeah. Did he go the way he wanted to? You know, it never got legalized in the UK, despite his. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Despite his protestations, that's but horrible. it seems like it. You know, they can't yeah. say it, obviously, but it yeah. seems that way. Um, I mean, because there was this guy. I think it was overlapping with Terry Pratchett doing all this. There was this guy called Tony Nicholson who uh, got 
uh, he got locked in syndrome. He had, a, had an accident and became a paraplegic who could only communicate through like some kind of screen monitor thing. And he wanted to die, and his whole family wanted him to die. That sounds bad, but you know, <laughs> they were all like, "Yeah, he's not—he's not our dad. He's not happy. He doesn't want to live like he doesn't want to be remembered like this. He doesn't want us to have to take care of him like a full-time fucking job, taking care of him all all the time. Yeah. He just wants to go with some dignity." They did this huge court case where they were trying to get him not only the the right to die in the UK, or even the right to travel to Switzerland, where Dignitas Clinic will kill you. And um, there was this huge, long case, and essentially they just said, no, and not only that, but if you try and get him to Switzerland, because his family would have to put him on a plane to go over there, then we'll charge you with assisted murder. What's the argument against death with dignity? It's all, fuck, it's, it, it all goes, first of all, it goes back to, like, religion, religious really? stuff, like, who are you to play God type thing. Okay. Which is fucking ridiculous, because if you have cancer... And then you, you get presumably chemotherapy and radiotherapy and any kind of treatment you can, you know. And then you're saying, oh, who are you to, who are you to play God? It's like, well, yeah. Like, that, that's how it works. It's like if, we have the, if we have the option to die with some dignity, that's what it's literally called, die, die with dignity, right? If we have the option to control our death, which is the one thing that everyone fears most and the one thing that's really, really horrible for everyone, right? Um why shouldn't we be able to? Uh, but they talk about the sanctity of life and all this kind of shit. Basically, people who aren't dealing with it themselves, it's very sure. easy to then say, no, life's precious and sacred. You have to hold on to it as long as you possibly can. And it's like, well, yeah, but if you've... Now, I did the Duke of Edinburgh course, which is like um community service type thing. I did that in school and spent one day in a hospice. And yeah, like you will not believe in fucking the sanctity of life when you see people who are in like their mid-80s screaming with dementia and fucking yeah. shitting themselves, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, some people would rather avoid that and, yeah. and go before their family. That's their last memory of them, you know. Well, it probably doesn't help that it probably doesn't help that suicide is a mortal sin and they death of dignity is essentially right. legalized assisted suicide, whatever. But and it like, probably you know, doesn't help that suicide is so fucking stigmatized. Yeah. Where they're like <laughs> I think what maybe they're afraid that like suicidal people like me are going to be like, well, I yeah. have a cold Risa death with dignity. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, they all, all, all the anti euthanasia people, they tend to make yeah. it sound like instead of it being it, it quite clearly to me, seems like they just find it icky and they don't like the idea of it, but they try and come up with like serious uh, responses. So their response would be like, Oh, how do we know the, uh, their family isn't pressuring them to do it so that they get their inheritance money. Mm. And it's like, first of all, if you're, you know, these Christian family values, people, how little do you think of like the average daughter or the average yeah. family member that they would try and pressure their sick already sick. You, you can't get it done unless you're actually terminally ill. It's not just for layabouts. You know, I think it should be. I'm pretty extreme with euthanasia. I think, if you really want to commit suicide, you should have good, safe ways to do it. I agree. But uh, that's a long way down the line. But as far as terminally ill people, yeah, I don't see a family member pushing them to, <laughs> to get killed. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Time to go. I want your, your dad gets a broken money. leg. You take him out back like a fucking yeah, horse. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. There's no, yeah. good, there's no good reason for it. It would help the economy to do it, too. It's a drain on resources to have people who are chronically sick for fucking years and years and need a lot of attention and a lot of care. Right. If right. they don't want to be alive anymore, naturally. 
Right. <laughs> when you say drain I mean, our I'm resources, little... it's getting like Malthusian almost. Where you're just I, like, I, I have, fuck uh, it, just put them down. <laughs> I would, you know, obviously I wouldn't enforce that, but I do think there's a, a bit of a duty as well. Where it's like if you're becoming a burden, not only, not forget society, if you're becoming a burden on your family. On your family, yeah. And yeah, then I think you should kind of bite the bullet and be like, I'm going to make this easy on everyone. Yeah. Right. It's a very British the British way. But it's not the British way because Britain won't fucking legalize it. Well, I, I, so, mean, I mean the attitude of like not wanting to be a burden on your family. And well, like, do you know how the, the, that Tony Nicholson guy, he did die uh, about a week later. Yeah. Do you know how? Because his parent, his uh, family couldn't do anything uh, uh, to, they couldn't do anything to hasten it because yeah. then they'd be, tra- they had eyes on them. They'd be charged mm. with assisted murder. Uh, so he's had to starve himself to death. So he basically had to refuse food and yeah. died of starvation, which was like a horrible way to die. Yeah. And he could have gone on a plane and gone to Dignitas. Even if, if the UK didn't want to let him do it in the U- in England, then he could have done it in Switzerland. Nope, they wouldn't allow that. So, yeah, he had to starve himself to death. Well, there, there's like yeah. diseases where it's like your muscles will like contract and swell and tighten uncontrollably until you basically die by having your own spine crushed. Right. Like. Jesus Christ, if that's the forecast, like, yeah. why do you have to live through that shit? You can prevent it. Yeah. yeah like. You can prevent it, and you can die in a really nice way, which, uh, I mean, Terry Pratchett's argument was that the, in the past, in Victorian times especially, if you were sick and if you were dying, you'd have the doctor come to your house. You'd be in your own deathbed. That's why they call it a deathbed. Deathbed didn't mean a hospital bed back then. It was no, yeah. the bed you die in, usually the bed you sleep in. And... uh the doctor would come and administer, I think, probably some kind of high dose of opium or something. like Something that would kill you fairly, you'd knock you out and then you'd die. You'd be surrounded by your family, you'd have everything in order, everything that you wanted, and you'd do it completely on your own terms. And that was like the done thing back then. That was very normal. One of the most humane things about Victorian society, I can think of anyway. And mm-hmm. then sometime in the, I guess, probably turn of the century, 1900s, it changed and then it became... It's kind of weird. Probably World War One. I, I bet that had something to do with it. Some kind of weird valor thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you have to you have to stand your ground and fight and blah, blah, blah. I think it's fucking stupid. I, I think if you want to die, you should be, that should be the one thing you're really in control of. You're not really in control of much else in your life, right? Right. You're not really, con- you're not going to be in control of how you're born or like where you're, where you're born. So who you're born, what class you live in or what, you know. But you are, you should be able to be in control of your life. That's one thing that all people should be able to do, I think. The way you end it. Life's not for everyone. That's another thing. It shouldn't just be terminal ill. This is my hard take. It shouldn't just be terminally ill. I think life really isn't for everyone. I think it would be better for society if people could check out in a nice way. It's like, why are you trying to keep everyone alive? <laughs> why what's the actual purpose oh, in that? it really comes down to what's the actual purpose in that look yeah suicide can be devastating for people who are left behind family members relatives whatever but also that's a fucking selfish that's a very <laughs> selfish thing to inform policy on right like right. it would make me feel really shit yeah you know if, if he died if he's miserable and he doesn't want to live anymore it would make me feel bad yeah. if he decided not Even to. Even in their dying moments, it's about you. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. I mean, as hard as it may be, like if my if my uh, dad or if my I've talked to both my parents about it, because they're getting getting up there in age now, you know. Oh no. I've talked to them You're, both about it. They're not they're not ill at all. They're You're just not. like putting death of dignity on the table for them in advance. Yeah. I, I think it's an important um, discussion to have, you yeah. know, because I, and then luckily they both are more or less on that page too. Where yeah. 
in Cal- California, it's legal now, so wow. they can um, they they have options if they want to go that way, which is fucking thank God for that. Because also, you know, I'm I, I don't selfishly, if I want to be selfish about it, I don't want to have to take care of someone who's got Alzheimer's for ten, fifteen years, slowly rotting away. You know, it's I brutal. Think, I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know people who've dealt with it. I've I've known someone who's had a grandparent who had it, and it yeah. like destroyed them. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that for for me. and i'm sure they wouldn't either you know i'm sure they wouldn't either like no i remember when my grandma died i can't decide if this is fucked up or not but it did happen well you you banged her (laughs) yeah no that would be lead with that would be unambiguous um no i when my grandma died i remember before there was even a funeral but like when she was I don't know if this is the case always because I never witnessed this since. But like my grandma was just sitting there in the funeral parlor for like a few days before the funeral service. Wait, she was sitting. <laughs> she was laid. Is that what she died? In the, she, she was in the, sitting in the funeral. In the, she was like, in, I'm gonna in, die. I'm gonna in go the to the casket. funeral parlor. Sit down. <laughs> and she fell asleep. <laughs> Finally, she died. Yeah. <laughs> no, in the casket. She's just there, and the casket is open, and like they do like visiting hours, basically pre-service. It That's an American like. thing, man. We don't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know if I've seen that any other time, but I do know that one time, me and my dad, when I was pretty little. And it was my dad's mother. He took me up to her casket and he didn't, re- I don't remember if he necessarily warned me. I-, I knew that she was dead already, but I don't, I don't, re- I just have this vague memory where it was essentially took me up to her casket and he kind of like looks at her and he's like having me look at her and he's like, feel her, like feel her skin. Ooh. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he was like, you feel how she's cold? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's because they took her blood out and replaced it with formaldehyde. <laughs> was he hoping that you were going to grow up to be a fucking mortician? <laughs> and I was just like, oh. He's like, yeah, it's like it's the blood that keeps your body warm. So that's why his, her skin is cold now. Yeah, I was like, oh. She's all fucking dead. <laughs> I was like. Don't you understand I that? I was like, how, oh. old, how old were you at this time? I was pretty young. Like, probably like six or seven. <laughs> that's fucking great. Man. I, I like that, though. I like that. I think that's an important. I, mean, I think that's a pretty important character building moment where there's no get rid of like the sentimental stuff to do with. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I think that's no. Good. No good one ever dad. sat there and told me that she went to a farm or anything. Yeah, like that. not good for your dad. That, yeah. He was a maverick, but that was yeah. good for him. <laughs> like, my my granddad died. Was it his mom? Yeah, it was that's, his that's, own that's, mother. That's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> that's way funnier. <laughs> You, actually, I don't know. It might be funny if it was, <laughs> if it was my mom's his, mom. Yeah, his, his in-law. He's just like, he's like happy. He's like, can you imagine? They, they took all the fucking organs She's out. Cold. Do you feel how cold she is? They ripped her heart out. <laughs> when my grandfather died, I was about six, and he he stipulated that he didn't want us coming to the funeral. You know, he he thought it would be uh, too distressing. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Which I uh, yeah, knowing him, that makes sense. He was like a very you know, very lovable old guy. He didn't really want us to know that he was sick and stuff, mm-hmm. even though he dropped all his weight, basically. And, uh, yeah, I can imagine that. Then again, I, I later found out that he was a proper homophobe and a racist and stuff. So Really? Yeah. I mean, as everyone's granddad is, right? Mm-hmm. Our generation, that's 
something that pretty much everyone is, right? I actually don't know with my own granddad because he doesn't ever voice his opinions on anything. Uh, he like just sits there and watches Game Show Network and eats macadamia nuts all day. Yeah, that's all he can do now because yeah. uh, he'll get canceled if he opens his mouth. <laughs> he goes, I don't want you and your fucking Twitter Stasi to haul me away. <laughs> well, he, he was my mom's dad and he... Uh, you know, very, very logical, very rational. He wasn't even religious. You know, he was a pretty straight and narrow guy. But she had, uh, she ended up in the TV industry, so she ended up with almost entirely gay friends, right? Mm. And he would apparently tell her they have, uh, you know, they have smaller brains and they have, uh, they have holes in their brains or something like that. Okay. He was probably old school homophobic. He was red He was red pilled. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, he didn't let me, he didn't let us come to the funeral, but my grandma, his wife died about, uh, 10 years later when we were about 17 or 18 and, um, got to go to her funeral, got to go up to Wales to go to her fucking funeral. Uh-huh. And yeah, didn't see the body. That's not something that we do in England. We don't really, mm. maybe Catholics do, or like, I, I don't know, but we don't often have a, uh, have a wake where you go and look at the fucking corpse. Uh... But it was funny. She got cremated. So we were in the crematorium, which is like its own little chapel, right? I don't know if you've been to a cremation. No, I haven't. Right, yeah. So it's like a little chapel that you go to and uh, they go down. But the priest, he had like a sneaky way of uh, getting her down. So the coffin's up there and he leads us all in prayer, right? She was Catholic, so it was a religious funeral. Uh-huh. Leads us all in prayer, so expecting everyone's head to be bowed. Now, I'm not religious, and at this point, I was 17, and I was like, an atheist, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not bowing my fucking head. So I didn't head. bow my head, kept my eyes open, yeah. and like, looked ahead. And he's saying this prayer, his head's bowed too, he's like, blessed be, blah, blah, we commend her, fucking prayer. And he, and he slyly looks up, and looks around to check if anyone's looking, uh-huh. And then he just presses this fucking button. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then the coffin starts going down. Shut the fuck up. It was like a theme park, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around. Blessed be our... And then Are the fucking coffin starts going down. So when he'd finished the prayer, most people looked up and the coffin had gone, or mostly yeah. gone. I was watching the whole time, and that was fucking hilarious. Just a belch of flame comes up <laughs> from the fucking... <laughs> Like a what, toaster oven. Was yeah. he taking her down to be cremated? Yeah. Like the the idea is that the last time the family see the coffin is in the church and then it gets on this mechanical Yeah. Yeah, like a little trap door. It kinda of goes it, oh, it doesn't go that fast. Dude, that be, that's it'd be funnier cool. if it was a trap door, it just got too <laughs> you hear it clattering down like a like a garbage disposal. You know? there's like, there's like, like, a, tra- like a trash chute clanking yeah. and clacking down there on her way down. Yeah, no, but that's the last you see of her. And then um, then you go and pick up the ashes a bit later, a couple of days later or whatever. Every cremation funeral I've ever been to, except for my aforementioned grandmother, uh, who was not cremated. So like every every funeral I've ever been to was a cremation, but they had already been cremated by the time I got there. So what it is is oh, it's really? a regular funeral. But they'd already cremated them. It's All a regular right. funeral, but at the top they just have either like a picture of them or or the urn yeah, like sometimes. Urn, yeah. um, but they still do the funeral. I remember my uncle was cremated. My grandma was cremated. My friend was cremated. Uh, and that might be all the funerals I've gone to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing. I never. I've only looked like really. I've no. I've only really gotten intimate with like one corpse, and that was my grandmother's. Like I've never <laughs> only, intimate. Well, like you know what I mean. Like I just cut that bit out. Just, uh, <laughs> just isolate that bit. Put it at the head of the episode. I've yeah. Only ever gotten intimate with one corpse. <laughs> no, like I've only ever seen in person up close one corpse before. Right. Like a right. like an encounter. Encounter. You know how they do like dolphin encounters at theme parks? Yeah, yeah. Corpse, Corpse encounters. encounters right. It's I think that's important. It demystifies the human body. I agree. I you agree. Know? No, I think you know, in hindsight, I think my granddad should have let us not only go to his funeral, but also play around with his lifeless corpse i would have liked I if i helped. could have been present yeah. for the autopsy yeah <laughs> of my friend she was all up in there yeah because my friend when she died it was a crime scene so they must have had to right. do an autopsy yeah to figure out if she had drugs in her and system or whatever you, you might have spotted something they didn't <laughs> maybe, maybe they're very they overworked maybe those. they need an extra pair of eagle eyes yeah. watching yeah. old eagle eyes zombie <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, I, I did actually see a cremation once. Because yeah. when you go to your relative's um, funeral on the cremation, you don't see them actually get put into the fucking toaster oven, right? Uh-huh. But I had a, um, on like a uh, school trip. It wasn't even a school trip. It was like a voluntary thing where they took us to like a graveyard and stuff. And I was all emo and goffy at the time. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going on that one. I didn't go on any school trips except for that one. And uh yeah, they took us to a, a cemetery and mortuary and stuff, and uh, we saw a cremation. Like he showed us live that you can monitor it. Mm-hmm. So you put them in. You put the. Uh, they they don't put them in the coffin. They don't cremate the coffin. I don't know where all these used coffins go, but yeah, they just get put in on a little slab and they go through and get cremated. And you can watch it from a from a. It's, it's almost like being in a, a like a factory like an aquarium. Tour. Yeah, okay, you know yeah. where you, you can just look through it. And um, the flames start, and wait. So you're seeing the actual corpse, yeah. like you're seeing it decompose in the flames. Yeah, yeah, Holy not decomposing. Shit. I mean, it's a lot of flames. But what he didn't tell us, this fucking guy, and I think he did this out of pure spite. He didn't tell us that when a high amount of heat, a high temperature, <gasps> starts hitting a body and contracting the muscles. Oh no! The corpse fucking sits up. <laughs> no, it fucking does it not. It sits up are like this. Me? Yeah. <laughs> and there are a bunch of uh, 17-year-old kids watching this absolutely shitting themselves, myself included. Are you ki- he didn't are, are you serious? It. He told us about five seconds after it happened. He goes, yeah, so what you're yeah, seeing that'll be, now, that'll be, uh... that'll be the heat contracting the muscles. And it's fucking, it was like, a, like an old man's body is sitting up. You can kind of see through the... Because there's fucking flames, too. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. So through no the flames, shit. you can see this kind of skeletal figure <laughs> just rearing up at you. Absolutely fucking horrifying. Yeah. So that was my, my brush with fucking... That was my brush with death. Oh, yeah. Kids, that'll be the gas... That screaming you hear, that'll be the gas skipping the stomach at the uh, last True. <laughs> apparently apparently that, that can happen, too. He just... Burning living people, and no, he, passing it off. In he, front loves of children. It. he loves it. The, he loves it. He was also telling us that yeah, it's quite uh, common for for dead people to make noises. Oh, yeah, God. when they have a bunch of them there, you know, it's a, a lot of different things can shift in the body when it's yeah. starting to decompose. And yeah, yeah they, you can have like a wheezing noise come out of them. Uh, of course, uh, like a kind of rattling noise. Noises yeah. like help, <laughs> stop. I mean, in, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his deal was, but he's definitely seen. He had, he had like a wee look in his eye when it sat out. He saw a reaction, just like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know. Oh, don't worry, children. That'll just be. <laughs> be... <laughs> nah, you could tell. Oh, he, he was, was like, into it. He, he was, was like, like, Nah, yeah, got you. I think it was like you know. Quite often you go on a tour and they have something yeah. like surprising waiting to happen, oh and they're like, I got you. I think that was his. You know, that was like his. He was like, Yep, there it goes. I took a fun distillery tour once. That surprise, surprise. When you get about halfway through it, it's like immersive. Essentially, they have like theme park shit in there. Right. And it presents as kind of a normal distillery tour. And so that's a lot more pleasant than a corpse coming to so life. Wait, wait. It's a you. distillery tour. And then at some point they're like, oh, quick, someone's poisoned the barrel. Come on, guys. No, we have to find like, out which one it not is. Not like that. But it's like, um, it'll be like, oh, so, um, you know, this is where we make our rum. Uh, and this is the perfect place, and they open it up because, like, you're in basically just these vats and shit. They open it up, and it's like Willy Wonka's. Fucking- no, really, no, really. They <laughs> open it up. Song. They open it up because it's all rum. The, all the workers are singing. <laughs> they open it up because it's, it's rum, and so they take you to like a beach scene essentially. What? And the tour guide gets behind there, and he pours you your samples of rum, and then he's like, "Well, so in order to get out of this tropical paradise where we make the rum, we got to get on. We got to get on a boat, and you get on a fucking like Jungle Cruise style boat." <laughs> Wait, go quickly. There are pygmies throwing spears. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets a little dodgy. In like, <laughs> Hasn't been updated in a while. <laughs> there are savages. Watch out in this for the area. spear chuckers. <laughs> in this area, there are some natives that don't like us taking their crops. They're like, <laughs> it's, guy, it's the workers in blackface. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. I'd the go on that ride, yeah. <laughs> They team up with the Museum of Tolerance a bit yeah. later. <laughs> well, no, because yeah, then you like get on a. I'm, I'm really spoiling because I think they try to keep this a, an element of surprise right. for the tour. But like, you get on like a boat, you get on a carousel at one point. Like it's fucking cool. Who you? Yeah. Well, for me, yeah, because <laughs> I don't care about alcohol. I just want to hear about rides. Yeah, it's like, yes, <laughs> finally. Can you tell me what your Imagineering influences were? <laughs> I'm only asking about like the rides. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The whiskey's cheap too. You get it yeah. like $30 a bottle. It's fucking... Are you talking about Lost Spirits though? Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Have you had it? It's, uh, yeah, Ugh, it's a little people strong. People always bring it back. It's a little strong, yeah. It's like, it tastes like... Peach. It's like Pete, yeah. Yeah. Almost like entirely. Dead bodies. Yeah. It's like drinking smoke. Yeah. Right, like, right. Yeah. 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 Yo, you know what is funny? Um, mm. Going back to the dead bodies for a bit. I spent a long time looking on Reddit. I know it makes it sound like I, all I do is look on Reddit. On this <laughs> I'm starting podcast. to wonder what you're. I up really to don't. <laughs> but if I if I have a very general query, yeah, I tend to look around there because usually someone has mentioned it. At some and it's point. usually like unauthorized info that you can kind of follow up on. Like yeah, my, yeah, right, like, right. It's just someone being like, "Am doctor? Uh, here's the truth." Right, about the exactly. Yeah. That, it's, it's quite anonymous. Too. Yeah, so. I tried for ages on Reddit to find a, a necrophile or a necrophiliac, whatever you call who them. D- who had done like an AMA. Yeah, an okay. AMA or something like that. And, you know, it's surprisingly hard to find because the ones who did do AMAs, am, you know, am a necrophile, yeah. ask me anything. Uh, they, I was pretty sure that they, um, they weren't genuine. Yeah. But it was a little bit like Mugtow in that respect. Because they were all kind of getting into it, you know? So oh, no. they were obviously making up these stories. This one guy said that he was 16 when he figured out that he was into necrophilia. And the way he figured it out was that he was walking down by the cliffs uh, and down to the beach, and he found a, a washed-up, bloated 
a woman's corpse and what and when he saw it he decided he had to fuck it and so he so he okay. fucked it and then since then he, he apparently they all say the same thing which is yeah. a horror movie thing they all pay morgue workers to oh you know, to let yeah. them to uh, let them have a go who the are bodies. these insanely unethical morgue workers apparently like, every, whatever in, in movies every morgue worker yeah like really that, it yeah. seems you know i just got into this for the side racket of selling to necrophiles yeah. For, yeah. for like 50 dollars a pop yeah not, not even, even a lot very much there must be a lot of them out there to make yeah. that even worth to risk your caught. job yeah to risk your job for banging to a... risk your job to risk jail well, time if you're getting yeah. caught selling dead bodies essentially like what are you fucking hey what are you burke and hair yeah hey that's not a segue because i'm not going to talk about burke and hair right now but <laughs> i didn't think you were i just i just wanted you to acknowledge you look to my me very reference. you look to me very no, i just wanted you to acknowledge there, my right? knowledge no, but one thing I'll <laughs> one thing I will say though about necrophilia, right? I'm not into. I don't get it. Uh-huh. But why is it? First of all, is it a crime specifically? Should be. Why should it be? Because they can't consent. They are not anything. They're not capable of consenting nor not but, consenting. It's like fucking an inanimate object. Here's my long. here's my argument. What they like when they cease to be humans. They become essentially property of their next of kin. Therefore, without the express consent of their next of kin, they they you cannot be fucking someone's mom. Essentially, this this physical reminder of their mom. It would be the same as like fucking an fucking urn. an urn. Yeah. Okay, but would you go to jail for fucking an urn? If I they think didn't, you would go to jail for fucking someone else's urn. If they didn't see you fuck the urn, like breaking well, into no, their you house, go to jail for anything if they don't see you. Well, no, it. yeah, but so breaking into their house <laughs> yeah. is obviously out. But let's say that urn was just lying around somewhere. Okay. And then you fucked it. Yeah. Yes, you could go to jail for that. I think. I if I, if so. I left my laptop at Starbucks and I came and back someone and someone was it? fucking it, yeah, I think I could probably think, get them sent to jail for that. I don't think you could get them sent. I think you could get them sent to jail for public indecency and stuff but let, let's say that it's just found you know i'm not i'm just saying there's nothing i i think personally that sounds, that sounds like you're planning something no personally I, I don't think you can plan for it but personally i think if you're when you die your body should revert to the state i, I think it should revert to okay yeah i think it should i think it, okay. I, I think it's terrible that people um for instance, bury themselves. You know, the, the people who are still getting buried. That's a bad idea. Look at all this land that's just full of dead people. Well, we if they got buried in wooden boxes, they would decompose and, and they would give life to the uh, like the soil. And you know what? The soil would do just fine without them. I don't think so. Yes, it would. The soil, the whole world depends on decaying bodies of animals. There are plenty of animals to do that. You know? Okay, fine. Creamy, we don't need whatever. to we I have don't no need vested to, interest in this. <laughs> we don't need to take up like golf course sized areas. Sure. Just but then again, we don't need golf courses either. But there's also plenty of land in America. You know how many people I found out I was giving a lift but, ride today? No, hold on. Real quick. Right. I gave a lift ride to someone today. They told me the population of Montana is 800,000. That's pretty small. The whole fucking state. Yeah. Send all the bodies to Montana. That's fine if you yeah. want to do it. But the thing yeah. is, people don't want to do it. They want to be buried near their family or right. whatever. So then you have cities like this, and you have cities where, you know, there's a good portion of it is just graveyards that you can't do anything with. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you can't let the Thames in London mm-hmm. can't be excavated and can't have a lot of work done for it because they're worried about unleashing the plague. 
If they oh, do that's so. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Are I mean, there bodies buried in the Thames? Yeah, tons. Because I don't know anything about the Thames. It's a river, isn't it? Yeah, it's the river that runs through London. But it, you know, in the plague times, they didn't have the sp- everyone was dying. They didn't have the space to bury them or, or the time or inclination. The river? They would go either into the river or they'd go into big mass graves nearby, which would then, oh. because they're buried, that would all seep into the river. Yeah. So that's the Thames is toxic. You can't go anywhere near it. And not necessarily because of the plague, but. Yeah. Because of a few different things. No, I think of it. The play probably couldn't survive in the... Actually, it's water. It probably... I don't know. But, um, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's silly. I think you should uh, burn yourself. I think they got it right in the East, actually. What do they do in the East? Well, in the East, they uh, throw you off a cliff. When you're still alive? No, when you're if dead. it turns out you're gay. <laughs> when you're dead. They throw you off a cliff because they're like, right, this is good. The, right. Uh, the birds can get it. Uh, turtles or whatever the fuck else eats. Are you talking about? No, I'm. I'm not joking. Are you talking about like how they throw people off cliffs when, like, for being gay or for adultery? No, I'm talking oh. about that's the. I think in uh, like the Philippines or a couple of other places. It's after you're already dead. In East Asia, they throw yeah, yeah, they throw your body. Ravine. They throw your body off the cliff. Oh, okay. Uh, so that it can be eaten by wildlife. Now, if you're locking your body in a big wooden box, which realistically, uh, the box is going to last forever, more or less, and. You, know, you might get maggots, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this idea that you know your energy is all seeping back into the earth and it's all nice. I don't think that's really true. <laughs> no, John Ronson voiced that. That is true. <laughs> not really. I don't think. I'm not not to, not to a significant enough. It is people. I think the reason people want to be buried is because they think that someone might try and bring them back. I think that's, that's true. It. You can't be brought back if, if you're, you're fucking ash. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. I didn't think about that. But I think yeah, that's I'm not why. I, I think now. that's. I think that's why people do it. Like, well, in case. Yeah. Or just in case I'm still alive. You know. Now, if I was still alive, if I was accidentally presumed dead and I was going to be buried or cremated, please cremate me. Mm. I would not want to be fucking buried alive. Okay. Counterpoint. Uh, Counterpoint. Keep your body intact and donate your body to organ donors and science. Well, you can do that and still you have someone has to do something with it. No, they'll use every part of you like a fucking buffalo. Oh, the whole thing? Oh, bro! Uh, I thought they, they just took your organs out and then they they do it, they do it for everything, son. Okay, they do it for everything. I I, I remember reading a book where they were they <laughs> she was interviewing a gal who works in the morgue and she saws off heads, and they take these heads and um, facial surgeons practice on these heads. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> so she's like, her job is she saws heads off in the morgue and puts them on platters for like facial surgeons to practice on, essentially. That's mental. Is that true? Are you sure? It, it was not a fiction book. It wasn't like okay. Chuck Palahniuk slipped it in there. You would think some facial like, surgeons would have mentioned that at some point. All I, the weird, all the PTSD they have from looking at weird decomposing heads. You would think, but obviously, I mean, I mean, don't they? But medical school students practice on cadavers. Yeah, but that's a very different thing. You're not doing it that, to their face. That's the thing. Yeah, you're not doing it to their lifeless face looking back yeah. at you. But also, then when you go into practice, they're doing it to cadavers. Whereas when yeah. facial surgeons go into practice, they're doing it to make some like old deer look a bit, look a little bit better. Yeah. After you know, it's like you're looking at live people, but then in your mind, I've uh, this is all skill that I learned carving up the dead. You know, it's a little different. I, I don't think. know. I don't know if it would be that traumatizing. I mean, I think you have to be a stone cold fucking motherfucker to be a surgeon. Yeah, because it's like, because like they they I found, or especially like an autopsy doctor, mm-hmm. they like apparently a routine part of an autopsy, and this I did hear from Chuck Palahniuk, so it could be bullshit. <laughs> is like they cut kind of 
they cut the skin and then they peel the skin back mm-hmm. off the face mm-hmm. and then they put it back or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, what the fuck for? For the fun of it? Um, I don't know. What are they finding under there that is so telling about? I would, I would imagine there's something. Oh <laughs> my god! I don't know what it is. Yeah. I've seen. I've watched all sorts. Not live. I've I've seen lots of videos of live them. leak. Live leak. Yeah. I've seen some. I've seen some very ramshackle autopsies on live leak. <laughs> yeah. Not not professional. No. Uh, yeah. Now I think that's all. Um, that's all pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd be happy for my entire body to be used. Yeah. Whatever they want with it, you know. Yeah. I want to like put my cock and balls somewhere and have someone look at it. It's fine. <laughs> We'd all like to think that will happen to us when we die. Yeah. Our Just cock, your cock and balls, and balls will yeah. go on display. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Imagine if you could buy. I'm sure you can. There must be somewhere that preserves. Oh, there's like a dumb. museum of ice cream style selfie museum that's like you go into one room and it's just cocks and balls. There is a mu- there is a museum of penises in Iceland. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I used but to that's subscribe all... to A24. They used to send me every Blu-ray they made. A24. What's yeah, they released do the it? documentary, The Last Member. Oh, there's a documentary yeah. about it. Right. Oh, you don't know about this? No, no. But I've seen lots of video of the, the museum. Yeah. yeah. They got a big walrus stick in there. The guy was like searching desperately for a dick, a human dick. And um, it was like like what he felt like he needed to complete his collection for the museum. Uh-huh. And it was like between like three possible donors one was like someone who was going to be undergoing sexual reassignment surgery. Yeah. One was like a dead person, I think, that had donated their body to science, and he was like trying to get in on that. But I think they're a little loath to like. Get, I never saw the documentary, but right. I think they're a little. I think <laughs> this is good content. I think <laughs> I've never seen it. But here's my opinion. Yeah, I didn't actually subscribe to A24 either. I just thought maybe you would react to that. No, because I didn't know what you were talking about. You, you didn't oh. make it clear oh. that there was a documentary. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We were talking about the Iceland Museum of Penises, and you just start talking about A24, <laughs> production company Films. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Spring Breakers. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a... Uh, I mean, if, well, we're talking about dicks and stuff here. Did you hear about that German cannibal guy? Mm. This is a really out-of-date reference, because everyone was talking about him for about a year after it happened, and then... Oh, well... It was in, like, 2000 and... I want to say 2002, 2003. No, go to yours. What is this? Well, because one of the things I was going to say when you started talking about that necrophilia board and how they were all getting into it was there was a cannibal cop that got arrested a while back that he was going through evidence files and, like, seemingly stalking a woman. Mm -hmm. And when they subpoenaed all of his computer records, it turned out he was going into these, like, cannibal fetishist chat rooms. Right. And he was, like, doing the same thing that the MGTOWs do, where they're, like, getting in a dance circle, like, yeah, 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 here's what I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fuck her fucking throat off. Yeah, yeah, it's like, none of them ever actually do anything. But, like, well, I shouldn't go so far as to say none of them. I don't know that They all sat at home playing guitar with their friends. (laughs) It's Maybe it's a 100% overlap. (laughs) They Shut yeah. down cannibal corpse duck. Well, that's cannibal fucking, corpse. Wait a duck. second. <laughs> that's taken. Florida death metal band unfairly maligned by <laughs> cannibalists. Yeah. yeah, it was Corpse Grinder sued them for likeness for the name. <laughs> you can't be doing that. <laughs> this is ours. <laughs> anyway. No, so what was but this yeah. German cannibal? Well, yeah, it was, it was very it was very similar. It was uh, a guy on a German cannibal chat room called Cannibal Cafe. Oh, Christ. It was the early, the That's early, grim. It was the early... <laughs> That's fucking grim. It was the early 2000s, cannibalcafe.net. 
DE or whatever it is. Oh, and, God. Um, yeah, he uh, he was on there, this guy called Armin Mewis. Uh-huh. I think perfectly normal guy, business guy. And, um, yeah, he, he was on there, you know, and it was all fetish stuff, you know, they would role play and stuff like that. But uh-huh. he put a post on there looking for... Someone to genuinely uh, be his flesh. Yeah, that's what they call it. The, be my flesh. <gasps> and then someone responded. Like someone responded saying, "Yeah, I would absolutely love that." And they had a oh, long what? exchange. Yeah, they had a oh, long exchange. Okay. Just stop fucking reacting while I'm talking. Sorry, getting excited. Why all this shit to me? These are genuine reactions. Sounds like I'm talking to a walrus. <laughs> I'm entertaining a walrus of stories about cannibalism. This is wild as <gasps> shit to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, this guy responds saying that he would like that very much. Uh-huh. They trade back and forth, probably joking off or whatever. And then <laughs> they uh, they meet up. The guy comes to his house. He lives in some kind of remote house in Germany and uh, in the countryside. This guy comes. Apparently, uh, the, the guy is more into it than Armin is. Armin kind of gets cold feet. Oh, sure. And he sends him back, but when he then he brings it back again. A lot of back and forth before deciding to actually go ahead with it. Uh, they were also banging, as far as I understand. They, they sure. were banging this whole time. The guy was staying with him for a while. And then finally agrees to do it. He's filming everything, so there's apparently footage of all of this that the courts had to see. Um, oh, God. But, yeah, the first thing I think he did was that he cut off the guy's penis and testicles and tried to cook it so they could yeah. eat it together. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was too tough. Uh, like when you cook a penis, it, it becomes too tough Ugh. and it becomes inedible. Oh yeah. So that Those was, we're talking about penises, disembodied penises. That was the story that Fuck. came to mind. It's yeah. It's, you, you can't eat a penis. So These when someone, next time someone tells you to eat a dick, you can tell them, well, actually, oh God, empirically, psychopathic answer empirically, right very, very tough to eat a dick. Yeah, that'll You're do. You're telling it. me to do something that even a cannibal couldn't finish. Um, Ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah, and then that's not. By the way, I'm not saying it's disgusting to eat a penis. I'm just saying, like, just the thought of like cutting something off of yourself and cooking it and eating it is disgusting. I'm not saying specifically because yeah. it's a dong. I'm like, ew. Mm. But like, oh god. I don't know. I mean, I would eat, if if I could be guaranteed that it was uh, humanely sourced, shall we oh, say. No. I would totally, yeah. No, I'm Human flesh? I'm lightheaded thinking about it. I swear to God. What difference does it make to you? If, it, if it's from something that's dead or died naturally? And- uh, I mean, if it were already prepared and looked like meat, but it's because it's the reason I guess it makes a difference to me is because all I'm thinking about is like a slice of a human being cut off while they're still alive. Well, you, and yeah, then but why are you like, thinking about Fuck that? yeah. Well, because the story <laughs> well, we just story, told, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in that story, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the the story goes on. There's a movie made of it. Feed. Um, no, I think there are a couple of movies which are sort of based. Around, an episode of the IT Crowd is fucking based around it. But there's Jesus, a pretty. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's what yeah. The that, type of stuff that show. It's it's, too. it's a dumb episode. But oh, okay. there's a stupid. Um, no, not stupid. There's a movie called uh, Cannibal, I think. A German movie by a guy called Marian Dora. Uh-huh. If, if you don't know that name, which no one will, he no. is notorious for having made The Angel's Melancholy. Oh, and okay, that guy. Debris right. documented, like, gross fucking movies yeah. that have real, like, real... Bummers. Not over... <laughs> fucking real boners, that would be a treat. No, no, I didn't uh, say boners, I said bummers. Oh, right, like, right. Like, they're, they're a real bummer. They're unsimulated, like... Yeah, horrible. Shit, oh yeah, right? there's, yeah. there's like shit and yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Ugh, yeah, anything, horrible. Fuck. Anything even mildly legal. It's like two, two girls, yeah. one cup type yeah, yeah. stuff. 
but this one is like weirdly arty and it is pretty faithful to the to the story yeah um and yeah from what i understand from that movie yeah the penis and then slowly kind of disemboweling him and let he bleeds out in a bathtub and, <laughs> and he's like dragging his body <laughs> so fucking gross he's dragging his body down oh. to the to the he had like this kind of big walk-in fridge i guess or like kitchen and he's dragging the body the body is like vomiting as he's oh, dragging it no the body's like vomiting and oh. shitting and then Stop. he and he <laughs> hooks it up and like disembowels it and kind of cuts it up uh and he eats off it for like uh, i mean the police found like sure. months later they found bits of his flesh still but he and this is apparently true he would sit and eat every time he ate from the body he had the guy's head at the other end of the table <laughs> <laughs> was, oh, like his dinner guest? Yeah, like his dinner guest. Yeah. So he'd keep the guy's head and kind of thank him and stuff. And the guy, you know, he, he got put in jail for that. And um, if you think about it, there was overwhelming. There was never any question that the other guy hadn't consented to it. Wait, it was, so the guy who was his flesh said, I want to die? Yeah, you, I want to be eaten until I'm dead. Yeah, I want, uh, I want you to eat all of me. Okay. And there was ample evidence of this like it was all on video as well so there was ample evidence that the guy the victim really really wanted it and was in fact pressuring him he was getting cold feet and this guy was pressuring him to yeah don't be such a pussy you know in german um so at that point that becomes a really difficult legal case because you know can you consent to being murdered well so there's two things about one is Again, if assisted suicide isn't legal in this state, then... In Germany, I think it is. If assisted suicide is legal, then it's murkier, right? This mm. is definitely not the traditional death with dignity type of campaign. No, it's different. Um, I don't think people would no, be no. campaigning would, for no, like, yeah, to be eaten. Yeah. yeah, Let us eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> but like in a world where... like, Because you could just say, like, yeah, well, even assisted suicide isn't legal here. So, of course, please eat me is not legal either. I'm not thinking about the legality. I'm not thinking about laws as such. I'm thinking morality-wise. I think about it. Uh, well, okay, so then the, the, laws, more, the more moral and well, and the law is supposed to punish people for doing bad things ethically to each other, ethical yeah. violations, yeah. right? Whereas this is pretty murky. I don't know. Well, okay, so there's two things I'm going to say. Well, there's actually just one because I already said the first one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is there is perhaps a reasonable case that anyone who wants, and maybe this is. Hey, in 10 years, I might get canceled for saying this because maybe this isn't a woke take. All right. But here's what I'll say. Gay people are against God. Okay, no. <laughs> no. In maybe. 10 years, that might be <laughs> In 10 years, yeah. I might get canceled for this. But what if um, you make the argument that somebody who wants to be eaten is by their very, like, pro- like, 100% they have to be mentally ill to want that, and thus they can't yeah, really consent. But is that necessarily true? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. Yeah, that is not necessarily I, I, true. I think that maybe a, a good... I would say that probably um, the inclination to do things that go against your survival instincts uh, are are like telltale cornerstones for mental illness. You could say... Well, there's a difference between aberration and mental illness, right? Because, I mean... People have this thing with uh, with mass shooters too, where they uh, you have to be mentally ill to do that. Not all of them seem to be particularly mentally ill. The Christchurch guy didn't have a history of it. Planned this thing for two years. You know, he didn't seem particularly mentally ill. Not in the same way 
You know, not in the way that he's so mentally ill he couldn't consent to something. There's right. a difference between, you know, someone having pure mental difficulties and therefore not being able to consent and someone who is not, you know, mentally functional but has a very, very weird predilection or, you know, wants to die. I don't think you necessarily have to be mentally ill to want to die either. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have an actual condition that means you can't be treated normally. Well, my boy Thomas Harris, you remember? The Red Dragon? Uh, the yeah, Hannibal yeah. Guy? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he kind of plays with that idea because Hannibal Lecter seems extremely lucid. Like, he's not yeah. he's not mentally ill as such. He's probably a sociopath or something like right, that. Right, right. But, um, yeah, I guess he's probably supposed to be a sociopath. But that's different. He's murdering people without their consent. He's actively... No, no, you know. no. I'm not talking about the criminality, but I mean like the idea of um, just the idea of doing something that is incredibly antisocial, yeah, uh, and and um, and still being lucid enough to probably consent sure. to, to enough to the point where anybody would allow you to consent to anything else, like taking a driver's sure. test or whatever. Sure. Um, there may be some cause that like in, and it's probably not right. I don't know. This is a big ethical question, it's but a really like, big question. Well, like it's like something like a mass shooter or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, the very fact that you did that means you're mentally ill. It's yeah. kind of an opposite. That's what people are. Of, yeah. That's yeah. what everyone kind of does is by virtue of you having done it. Then again, people don't say it about, uh, for example, Islamic terrorists that very, very rarely do people start talking about mental illness. Do they? Well, Compared to, say, when a, a lone shooter in the U.S. starts doing it, then, oh, well, it's obviously a mental health issue. But when it comes to Islamic terrorism, they, they make it all about either politics or Islam or culture or whatever. I'm yeah. trying to figure out if your take is woke or not. I think it kind of it's is. It's somewhere in between. It kind of is woke because what you're saying is essentially like when a, when a white mass shooter like the Christchurch guy does something like that, yeah. people are like, well, something must have been wrong with him. Right. Like right. surely a white person wouldn't act like that. Um, and that's kind of what people say is like, yeah, Christchurch is an act of terrorism. That's mm-hmm. like what the kind of like treat this as an act of terrorism the same way you treat other yeah. acts of terrorism. And it was. But, no, you, and you're right. You, but you're no, okay. Gonna, All right. I'm comfortable with this conversation again. We're, <laughs> I'm not, why I'm, wouldn't you be comfortable with it? I'm it's comfortable a fucking with it. I just don't want to get con- canceled. Who's got. Look. <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get canceled for. I think that's an interesting point, though, because, yeah, yeah, in a lot of cases, people don't say. Yeah, even even someone like Hitler, no one's saying, oh, he was mentally ill. Very, very. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure people have, but sure. everyone talks about him. But generally, that's not what you hear. You don't hear, "Oh, he was a mentally ill guy who did some really bad things." Whereas, um, yeah, then you're saying with with this guy who wanted to be eaten, uh, although apparently was perfectly normal to everyone else and didn't exhibit didn't have a history of suicidal ideation or anything like that. He just wanted to fucking be eaten, and some guy was willing to do it after a bit of pressure. Right. So then, you know, does this guy deserve to be in jail for the same sentence as a premeditated homicide mm, guy would be? You know? Which would be life, I guess. Uh, not in Germany, I don't think. Anyway, yeah, I think it's an interesting. It is an interesting, interesting question. question. I, I think mean, it's, if you're it's asking, still in jail, as if far you're as asking me personally, I, I don't know. I feel like it's too. It I, sets a my, bad. My instinct is to say there's nothing wrong with it. It because, sets a bad precedent to allow it. I know because well, that, that would obviously. It, it would be used in court to defend actual murderers and stuff. Oh, that's true. So, As like, legal press, yeah, dangerous. you know, so it's yeah. a slippery slope type thing. And obviously, and honestly, it's probably too rare for it to even be really an issue, you know, yeah. to the point where it's like there are a lot of 
you know, consensual woke cannibals who were in jail. You know, yeah. I don't think that's really happening, but it still is interesting. I think the guy should have been given a lenient sentence anyway, just yeah, just surely because of the amount of uh, evidence against him being even like a bad guy. He had no criminal record. He he didn't. He wasn't a bad dude. He had some he weird fetish and yeah, can, boy, and that is quite the fetish. Though, isn't bli- it? I mean. Imagine ending up ending up with that fish. Yeah, you, know? you just wake up one day and fucking that's what you like. That <laughs> <Yeah>. sucks. <laughs> that sucks. But the thing is, it's very easy to simulate, um, you know, cannibal porn. I would imagine. It's like a spec. Get a. Get I mean, that, there are movies where get you that get... guy who directed um, those snuff movies to come in there. Yeah. What's his name? Which one? I mean, August uh, Underground, Fred Vogel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred Vogel. Is yeah. that the guy? Like, he's, like a, he's just like an effects guy, basically. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Guy, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, there are plenty of movies that already exist that have cannibalism in them that you could jerk off to. So it's easier than like being a pedophile or whatever, where there's really nothing for you to jerk off to yeah. unless you want to go into actual legal stuff. Right. You know? So, yeah, here's my ranking. As far as unfortunate sexual preferences go, Pedophile, number one. That's got to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Cannibalism's pretty high up. Necrophilia's... Mm-hmm. Necrophilia's weird because in some countries it's legal to have necrophiliac porn. Like porn where the girls are made up to look dead or whatever. And then someone's banging them. Uh, not legal in the UK anymore. It got banned. The UK has weird porn laws. Were Burke and Hare selling bodies to... uh went to Burke and Hare again. <laughs> if you we're, don't know, Burke and Hare were... <laughs> let, me, let me explain. If we're going to talk about Burke I and Hare... I knew I could get you on Burke and Hare, bro. If we're going to talk about Burke and Hare, let me at least explain who they were. So Burke and Hare, I forget their first names, were a duo of kind of small-time con men... Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of grifters in yeah. Scotland in, uh, I want to say, late 1800s. Early, yeah. And uh, they would hang around and, you know, do little small-time cons and stuff like that. And they found out that you actually got a lot of money for stealing bodies and mm-hmm. giving them to uh, to science. Like scientists oh, okay. That, so that's what I was like. Yeah, was scienti- scientists at the time uh, didn't have much uh, funding. Or it, 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 they found it hard to get bodies to do... Experiments and like autopsies on. Yeah. So some pretty prominent scientists uh, paid them for supplying them with bodies, but the problem was they started getting paid less and less because the scientists needed fresher bodies, and they were running out of you know fresh bodies in uh, in in Scotland, or they were all fucked up. You know, they'd get people who fell off ladders and stuff, and they weren't much use. So what they ended up doing was killing people. Uh, they actually committed murders and then give the bodies to science and you know one of them got sentenced the other one got off and wait they killed people yeah that's what's interesting about them instead oh. of just being grave robbers they started out as grave robbers which is unethical ish yeah but not too bad they because they needed fresher bodies they would start killing people so they started killing older people at first people who were already on death's door they would kind of put the pillow over their face and then take the body so they could get it in fresh, and then they started killing kind of indiscriminately. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what did you want to ask about them? Were they stealing for science or to sell to fetishists? So oh. it's already been answered. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, uh, they weren't selling it to fetishists, but they were selling it to science. Yeah. And now they're the subject of a themed, like themed immersive bar, right? Is that right? 
Yeah, I think there's like a Birkenhair bar in maybe in New York even. What would that even be? I don't I mean, know. It's just like for the, an old fashioned Victorian bar. spooky. Yeah, Victorian spooky sells. Man. There's a good uh, the movie about Birkenhair is quite fun. It's a John Landis movie, Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis who plays Gollum. Yeah, I don't know this. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I would recommend it. It's kind right. of a, a light hearted jaunt. Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't have gotten us onto Burke and Hare. No, what did you distract from? We were talking about cannibals uh, and oh, we were talking about like aberrations, sexual aberrations in order of how destructive they are to you. <laughs> yeah, that. So topic. pedophilia is number Back one. Back to that. <laughs> Necropedophilia is Jesus absolutely. Yeah, when you start combining the yeah. prefixes, that's, that's absolutely when it gets very bad. Yeah, yeah like if you're not only are you a pedophile, but you're not into living kids, right? <laughs> you're only into dead ones, right? Actually, then again. To be fair, then you're not doing anywhere near as much damage as you would be to think about it. If it's a dead kid that you're into, look, I mean, you're looking at me like I'm a psychopath. For even talking <laughs> about this, this, is, like, this is interesting. I'm stuff. just interested to see how you're going to map look, this out. It sounds a lot worse. Yeah. I'm a necropedophile, you know. Yeah. So you're combining necrophilia and pedophilia. You're so sick. But think about it in terms of actual damage. Necropedophilia is not as bad as regular pedophilia. The main problem that people have with pedophilia is that it scars children for it ruins their life. It's essentially, I, I think someone well, necro, put it that you, necropedophilia is the exact same in terms of like overall net negative. It's the exact same as just necrophilia. It is, but people would see it as worse. I can't. I can't lie to you. I see it as worse. Exactly. Unreasonable. Exactly, because it's yeah. aesthetically and it yeah, goes against yeah. it goes against two different things that we're yes. normal humans are opposed to. So it seems worse than even regular pedophilia because you're adding necrophilia onto it. But if you think about it, it's actually significantly better in terms of mm-hmm. lasting damage. There's very little lasting damage. I mean, the parents would probably be really pissed off to know that little Johnny. Not only did he that, die. Sure. Oh, you know what? There not only did that. he die, but he also got banged by one of the. There hotels. is that. Yeah, it's a whole different thing if you start factoring in who finds out about the acts. Well, that's the thing. But if no one finds out, is it you know? Did it even happen? Hey, if, that's a that's a great if a question, tree falls in a wood. <laughs> if a motel rapes a dead child in the oh woods. Oh my god! <laughs> does it even happen? You know. Oh, so there's man. that, but yeah, and then necrophilia is somewhere up there. Yeah, I would say um, uh, bestiality is somewhere. Well, the bestiality, it, you know, if you're into animals, if you're a zoophile, that's the official word for it. If you're a zoophile, <laughs> in some countries that's still legal. In some, actually, some states in America that's still legal. Is that so? Yeah. Now that's another. That's another weird thing, though, because uh, they said <laughs> the argument against um, the argument against zoophilia is that the animal can't consent, right? Sure. It's like an animal abuse thing. Now, if you think about it, right, a guy... This is a grim conversation. <laughs> hear me out. Okay. All right? It's just like the last 20 minutes have just been exclusively dedicated to necro and zoo and pedo. It's interesting and, to think about. It is, it is. All it right, is. so 
I'm, I'm, bear in mind, my own sexual preferences are like vanilla as shit. You don't have to recuse have, yourself like, from anything. You're not no, on trial No, but just here. in case, you know, just in <laughs> okay. case people were like, God, this guy's into a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. No, no, really, like myself, I'm not into anything. No, like, you're not. I really am very, I'm almost entirely straight and that's about <laughs> Both it. Both sexually and yeah. culturally, you are into nothing. In kind general, of, yeah. But, but this is, it's all part of our world. This exists. Yeah. You know, it's not speculative. But zoophilia, right, the, the argument is that the animal can't consent therefore it's immoral right yes but if you're thinking about it right, a guy fucking a horse it always tends to be like a horse normally or, or a sheep maybe mm-hmm. like fucking a horse the horse even if it can't consent it can definitely let you know that it's not happy and if you're fucking with a horse trust me i've been around horses if you're fucking with them in even the slightest way you will hear about it and probably die like they, yeah. they will kick you fucking yeah. hard in the face or wherever yeah so, with that in mind, if a guy is fucking his horse on the regular, and the horse isn't bothered, isn't bothered enough to fight back, is it then immoral? Does it really matter? I don't know. It's, um... Animal, bear in mind, animals don't have the same woke takes that we have about, like, consent and agency and stuff. They're there to fucking get fucked and eat and die, and that's about it. So, does it really matter? Well, most animal... Most animal breeding is not consensual. I was watching a pigeon. yeah. That's I was watching a pigeon chase down another pigeon in the parking lot, and I was like, <laughs> "Should I? Is it my place to stop this?" Well, no, <laughs> like, is it my place? It's like you see some, you see that happening to a person, which thankfully yeah, I never yeah. have. You know, someone's chasing down some woman and pecking her on the back. You're like, okay, call the cops, <laughs> stop this, step in. An average. If it's happening between two pigeons, am I like, well, what am I? What's my role? I don't want to. I certainly don't want to watch. Right. I also don't know if it's right for me to step in. But you also see, like, every now and then you'll see it in documentaries or whatever, but where where they actually show you how they inseminate horses and cows and stuff like that. And they basically trick a horse into fucking a horse that it doesn't want to fuck. They trick it by holding this, like, weird... Yeah. Uh, this weird thing in front of it. And then... The, I can't remember exactly how they do it. I'm going to sound like a uneducated moron here but as far as i understand it they can they trick the horse into fucking you have to be skilled to teach to to breed horses you have to trick them into fucking someone that he doesn't really want to fuck so the horse might be like Ugh, you know not not really paying any attention to this broad horse you know and then you need you know you need the kids so then you uh you trick it. You get it drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you do. You, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you are right, though. I mean that is that is how they, and that's. I'll, I will say this: a lot of people, vegans, animal rights activists, do not like animal husbandry. Okay, well that's and that's fair. So if you're consistent yeah. in your vote, yeah. viewpoint, then that's one thing. But is that significantly worse than like a fucking farmer standing on a, a step ladder? <laughs> and like whipping his little dick out and putting well, it in a horse vagina. Jesus the horse barely Christ feels it, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I know that one of the ways they do actually do this is they will gather, they will sort of stimulate a male horse yep. and they will gather its semen and then they will put a sort of arm length plastic glove yeah. on. Yeah. And they will yeah, basically yeah. just put their whole hands inside of their uh, mare uh-huh. and they will inseminate it artificially right. that way. So why is that? Why is that significantly better? Then I don't know that it is. No, but you see, the thing yeah. is, I think the the big problem with zoophilia is more the idea that a human is getting sexual gratification. It always seems to be about sexual gratification. That's the main problem. So, like, you know, no one thinks twice about autopsies or whatever, but if you're fucking a corpse, then it's a big problem. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. I think that's gone to the bottom of it here. So, like, <laughs> here we are on the list. <laughs> Pedophilia. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Is Pedophilia. Family, the worst family feud game. <laughs> <laughs> it's necropedophile. <laughs> yeah, so pedophilia is number one, I think. Probably always will be. Yep. And then necrophilia, zoophilia, well, bestiality. Uh, what else is there? That's really, I mean, rape. I guess if you're exclusively into rape, that's got to be up there. That's not really a fetish, I don't think. That's more I would imagine a, it is, but there's... more that's, of a violent sort of crime. Yeah, but thing. I imagine there were people who can only get off on that. There must be. Oh, God. There must be. Think about it. I'm sure they're out there, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, what else is there? They're, those are probably like the top five, four or five uh, really aberrant <laughs> ones. But then, yeah, no one really cares about scat, you know. No, that's Coprophilia. Cool. That's fine. It's all good. Pretty much consensual. I would think. But, you know, boy, you get viruses and stuff from that. Bacteria. <laughs> so who's the real? <laughs> well, it has who's a real life consequence, you know. <laughs> it has a real immediate consequence, which uh, then again, it only befalls the people who indulge in it. So if it's consensual, then sure. We're almost out of time, but I... Uh, yeah, we are. I, uh, Boy. This was fun. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Join us next time. I was uh, came in ready to talk about how I um, I missed the Boysenberry Festival at Knott's Berry Farm by about five. You got something else instead. uh, Yeah, they're adding new animatronics to the river raft ride at Knott's. (laughs) Those are the two big news stories. Oh, and there's a rumor that... Aren't you all glad that I'm on the podcast? There's a new rumor Imagine that, what you could have been listening to. There's a new rumor fucking, that... The, did you hear about the old man they've added? You, there's a rumor that... There's a minor. New, well, you'll actually like this. There's a rumor that the new Jurassic Park ride... I mean, talk, about being, talk about scary animatronics that you don't like. There's a rumor that the new Jurassic Park ride, it's going to end in a, an, a dinosaur fight above your head with two animatronic dinosaurs oh no the t-rex and the big scary white one from jurassic world oh dear Ugh. animatronics really animatronics. I, thought they, I thought they were just gonna go 3d for the whole thing so now this is a rumor that this is, is a point of contention among this is us a, yeah it is theme park because heads. the only thing we've really seen is these leaked photos with sort of test placeholder animatronics that are basically just like <laughs> puppets you know what I mean? Oh, I wish I could see them. <laughs> you can see them online, but it's essentially like what they have there because they have the T Rex uh, in his traditional spot behind the waterfall, and then they have the Indominus Rex, and he's kind of like looks like shit. And they were like testing them, like fighting, which kind of looks like them kissing. And um, but that was in 2018 that those pictures were leaked. So it's like if they've decided. That it was too much logistical hassle to do it. It's very possible they switched over to screens. But the ride reopens in June. Uh, We're all very excited about it. Actually, we don't know that it reopens in June. It reopens in quote-unquote summer. So it could be anything. But um. All right. Ending the podcast with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) After all that. (laughs) We ended with some Jurassic World ride news. Not even an update. Not even really an update. Vague speculation. All right. That's it.